Stop Horror Time contains graphic and explicit content. It may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. What's your favorite scary movie? It's this Australian movie by Ted Kotcheff. Uh, all I can say, like, my summary for it is Australia just be like that, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it's about this school teacher in Australia. I I don't know what he's supposed, like, is he supposed to be Australian or not? The actor's English, but he he's not trying to put on an Australian accent. But anyway, anyway, he's a school teacher. And he's going to Sydney to meet his, I'm doing quotation marks, girlfriend in Sydney. Girlfriend. And, um, he's just gonna stay in this, like, town out in the outback to wait for his, um, his flight or his train or whatever. And, uh, shit goes down because he gets stuck there because he just starts gambling a lot and then loses all of his money. (laughs) Um... And it just, it escalates really quickly! That's all I can say. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get into spoilers turn on, but, uh, so, I had first heard of this because of who shot you, they, like, talked about it, and I was like, well, that sounds buck wild. And then they finally put it on Shutter, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, okay. Um, but so, yeah, El, I introduced you to this, right? You yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Absolutely insanity, and I loved it. <laughs> so wild. Uh, just yeah, it just it really the outback just be like that. I guess I'm not, I'm not going there. Yeah, um, <laughs> masculinity's a prison. Do you see now why I didn't want to watch it two nights in a row? Yes, <laughs> we would have had to do. Yeah. Yeah. For for reference, y'all, uh, Elle was coming to visit me, and I assumed that we were gonna record, and that we'd already both watched it. And I was like, No, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot watch that two nights in a row. I I'm not strong enough. It's a very good movie, but it's very heavy, and we'll get into that because basically what happens is he starts just like since he's stuck in this town with the money, he just starts hanging out with all these like wild ass Australians, and <laughs> one of them is okay. It's Donald Pleasance time. Donald Pleasance is in this. Uh, who he for some reason looks like twenty years younger, even though this is eight years before Halloween. I don't know how he how he made that happen, but um, he's there. He's shirtless a lot, and eating kangaroo meat, and just like having a wild time. And he <laughs> the <laughs> so yeah, it it just kind of like it's just kind of chronicling like like I guess it. Ow, my cat attacked me. It's supposed to be about. I mean, it's very specifically Australian, but I think it's just in general a movie about masculinity and the expectations of it and, like, kind of, like, what you'll do in in an environment that you're in that you think that you're above of. Because he he obviously thinks that he's above this, but 
he he does all of the bad things that they end up doing, especially in the kangaroo hunting. We'll get into that. Yeah. But even like gambling, like it's his own fault. He's there. It's because he starts gambling, and like he starts drinking with them and everything. Yeah. But like trying to act above it all. Um, but also assimilating into this this wild ass. I hope I'm not offending any Australians by saying this. I'm sure they're all just nodding their heads like, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, 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 I asked my friend, because I was, like, live-tweeting it, and I'm like, Donald Pleasant just ran over a kangaroo, and my friend in Australia was like, yeah, they just, yeah, that happens. And I'm like, no, but they were doing it intentionally, oh because she's, she said that there's just, like, there's literally just kangaroos out in the road in Australia. But, um, so the famous scene from this that, that got a lot, you know, what it's known for, I guess, is the, there's a scene where... Our, our protagonist, John Grant, and a bunch of wild Australians go... I'm just gonna keep calling them that. They go kangaroo hunting. They, like, get drunk and just, like, get in a truck and start going kangaroo hunting. And it's actual footage of a kangaroo hunt. Because, when, like, they they went and followed... A, yeah. The film crew went and followed an actual hunting group. And this was intentionally done because everyone involved, like, Ted Koch, if they're all Australian... Australian. They're all vegetarians. Wow, I can't talk today. They're all, they're like vegetarians, and like there was like back back in this time, like in Australia, they would they would hunt down kangaroos and ship it off to America to be um, pet food meat. And this movie is one of the reasons they stopped doing that. So like, mission accomplished, I guess. Like that's what he was trying to. It's a it is hard to watch. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. <laughs> and like I'm even I'm a meat eater and everything. I'm one of those people that I guess is like it just uh, yeah. ignores things about where my food comes from. But this is really fucking hard to watch. Um, and the the point of that is, you know, he does. There's a part where yeah. you know there's one that's dying and they have him finish it off, and like he does it. Like he could have not done it, but he does it. Like that's something to point out. Yeah. Um, this is also just a very like intentionally nihilistic movie. Um, like this was made in the Ted Kotcher was. In the very, it was it was all a very dark time when this was made. It was made during the Vietnam War, and he was just like fuck, fuck all this, you know. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you got that vibe, right? It's not like oh, gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I also wanted to point out a that this is a Christmas movie. Hell yeah! So watch it every Christmas with your family. But also, so this was the film debut of Jack Thompson, not the. Agent Carter character, but the actor, the Australian actor Jack Thompson, who's was part of the Australian New Wave, and I, I, but I know him from, uh, he was Russell Crowe's overly accepting P-Flag dad in The Sum of Us, which, not horror, but highly recommended. So it was fun to see him show up. <laughs> the outfits in this, boy, like, none of these men know how to button a shirt, it's so fun. <laughs> My friend was like, this is how, like, trans men dress when they finally get top surgery. <laughs> it's just all, like, these button-downs that are unbuttoned. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I've been talking a lot. What the- what's it? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're good. <laughs> um. What did you know going in? Did I tell you anything about it? It's- it's just <laughs> such, like, I did not happen. know what to expect going in. So, I was just kind of like, let's just see what, how this goes. You told me it was, I, I saw your tweets and I was like, oh boy, I'm in for it now. Um, so, that's that's really only about all I know. Okay. Oh, we're really in it now. Um, but other than that, oh yeah, 
really gonna know. Um, other than that, not I didn't expect anything really. I didn't have any expectations, and it was just like, whoa, okay, this is a lot. This is a lot, especially when the hunting scene happened. Yeah. Cause like one, the one he finished off was like a, it was a baby, baby yeah. kangaroo. Like it wasn't full grown, and I was like, okay, this is a lot Ooh. worse. This just got a lot worse. Um. But yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fuck wild time. So that's that's my summary, pretty much. I wanna, I, I do wanna watch this again. I might have to just kind of skim over that scene, but I wanna watch it again, knowing now that, cause I, I I forgot I forgot knowing this going in, but when I was doing research again, uh, this uh, when this screened at, at Cannes Film Festival, a very young Martin Scorsese was there, and he loved it. He was like audibly, like, having the time of his life the oh, whole time. I'm just like, oh my god! Oh my god, this director! Oh my god! <laughs> and then during, like, the scene with with Donald Pleasance, uh, he's like, oh my god, they're going for it! It was like... <laughs> he's just, like, losing his mind. <laughs> uh, and oh so, there's this really cool article comparing this to After Hours, um, which is fascinating, like, thinking about mm-hmm. it. Like, that would be a good double feature. Because, in, I mean, instead of that in the Outback, it's just New York frickin' City, baby, and this, like, wild times happening out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah! Yes. <laughs> Do you... So what's the real-life uh, event about? Is it about kangaroos? Um, well, uh, there was a time... Part of the movie where uh, our our guy John goes out and he kind of like it's like almost surviving the outback mm-hmm. of Australia. So I found a guy who survived over seventy days in the outback. Oh. Uh, his name's Ricky McGee. <laughs> yeah, Ricky. Yeah, it was back in like two thousand. Ricky. Yeah, uh, he was back in two thousand six. Uh, so it's been a while, but. Um, there was a man that, well, he was rescued, obviously, um, and he wrote a book about his experience called Left for Dead, that you could probably read if you wanted to, um, but he, when he was found, he claimed to the police that he survived for two and a half months on a diet of frogs, snakes, and lizards after, uh, he had been left in the outback for dead, uh, when they- That's so Australian! (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is- is he Australian yes. himself, or was he just left in the outback? Yes. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. None of us could have done that. <laughs> um, when they found him, he was, like, very skeletal because of just the environment and just his diet that he had. Uh, he's believed to be from Queensland, and he was suffering from severe malnutrition and exposure. Uh, he told his rescuers that the last thing he remembered was his car breaking down on January 23rd in 2006 while he was driving along the Bhutan Highway near the border between the Northern Territory and Western Australia, so kind of up that way. Uh, he was, they were, think he might have been drugged after giving a lift to a stranger, uh, and came around to find himself being pawed at by dingoes. So, like, that's just the rudest awakening I could ever imagine. Just you getting a lift from a stranger, and all of a sudden you wake up, and you're in the desert, and there's fucking dogs, like, pawing at you. Fucking Australia, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> he told- Is the Invisible Man crew okay out there? Are they good? <laughs> Are you good? Um, uh, 
He told the people that found him he'd survived by catching frogs, lizards, and snakes, and by drinking water from a dam where he had built a basic shelter. Uh, despite his efforts, he lost more than half his body weight during this 10-week ordeal. Uh, the area where he was found, uh, Mark Clifford, who manages like a cattle station near where he was, where uh, McGee was found, said the area was one of the most isolated places in Australia. So, like the weather basically helped him survive because it was if it wasn't for it being like a wet season, he probably would have died out in the uh, Australian outback. Um, it was the middle of the wet season, so he had enough water to keep himself hydrated because you can go for food like without food for like a month or so if you like had to or just like a about mm -hmm. so maybe three weeks um but water if you don't have access to water for like three days then you'll you'll die yeah. um yes he lost about 230 he was about 230 pounds when he uh was initially left out there and he lost about like over half of that weight so he he weighed less than i do so it's like a hundred 10 pounds maybe um he was taken to the royal darwin hospital where he spent a few days before discharging himself uh in early april uh he's one of the visitors named mr clifford said that he had been stunned by the speed of his recoveries he's like i saw him last week when he'd just been admitted he looked like a skeleton then but i saw him on tv last night uh and he looked completely different um police cannot find could not find his car uh, and they didn't suggest, they didn't find anything that suggested that a crime had been committed against him, because um, obviously the drugs were out mm -hmm. of the system by then, and he couldn't remember who it was that gave him a lift. Uh, a spokeswoman for the Northern Territory Police said that it's been ascertained that this man spent a considerable amount of time in the area. The investigation so far has found no evidence to suggest any criminal offenses have been committed, uh, and they were still trying to locate the vehicle. Um, Mr. Clifford also admitted that he did not know what to make of the skeletal figure who came stumbling out of the outback, because, like, that's how he was found. He basically, like, found a ranch and just, like, fell onto the property and was like, hello? Uh, please <laughs> <Mom>. help. And, <laughs> hello? Uh, so basically, it's, like, it's still a mystery to this day, like, what exactly happened to him. Um, but he, he does recount, like, what he did to survive... Uh, in the outback before he eventually was rescued. Uh, so that's been a story that's gripped Australia for like, wow, almost what, 12, 13 years? They still don't know. Police, I think it's still an open case. They don't have anything. <laughs> I don't think they found his car yet. Um, it really just be like that. It just, you did, sometimes that. you just get lists from strangers and mm -hmm. they just put you out with the dingoes. Just, that's so. just gonna happen. I like his speedy recovery from the hospital and check himself out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good for him. Damn. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. I can never go to Australia. It's okay. It's, it's fine. Well, it's why? absolutely insane. No, thank you. I'm... No, thank you. Again, we're just, just, we're just referring to the, for me. We're just referring to the Outback. I'm sure Sydney's fine and everything. I'm sure that, that's a fun time. I just, yeah. I just, I can barely go outside yeah. in the valley, so. <laughs> it, it's hot out here today. There's actually a picture of the uh, dam he built. He Like, the little shelter he built. It was, like, made out of, like, oh. mud and stuff that he put together. Oh, 
near the uh, place where he stayed uh, in order to be near the dam where water was. Oh. Um, I was like, oh, gosh. It's, yeah, it's absolutely amazing that he got found. Yeah, there's a picture of him when he looks, when he came back from being rescued, and it's just like, I can't even believe somebody can survive. It looks like a skeleton with skin on. Um, but now he's back, all back to normal. All right. So, if you ever want to read it, I guess we could ever one day read it. I, don't, I have too many books no, to I read. Can't, I can't read it. <laughs> I gotta get through them first. <laughs> well, that's cool. So we got a guy surviving the outback and kangaroo hunting. That's toned down a bit, I guess. Yeah, like apparently back when it was made, there was like like hundreds of kangaroos each night being killed just from like drunk Australians going out. It's like one of the reasons. So Holy like geez. Ted Ted Kotchup wasn't Australian. I think he was like Canadian or something. So he was like an outsider in this. And he's like, what the fuck is going on, y'all? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. oh, it's just like, cause like when it, people are like, oh yeah, there's just people like just taking out kangaroos cause they're just like all over the place. And I'm like, it sounds like my, like, cause there's a, like an overpopulation mm. of deer in my, uh, in like the Midwest. And like, there's so, you just see them all the time in the roads and like crossing roads and just uh, in the fields. Yeah, where I grew up it was peacocks, like, but we didn't go around hunting them. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, That'd be very bad. Babies. <laughs> uh, so is is Wake and Fright a gay film? Okay, so here's the thing. I think it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that anytime you explore like toxic masculinity or masculinity in general and the, it's about the rituals. Like anytime you explore that I think it's open to interpretation, <laughs> but I feel like there were a lot of deliberate things in this. First of all, casting a gay actor as the lead, um, mm-hmm. and second of all, that scene that I that, that Martin Scorsese lost his shit at, which is like near the end, and it's not—I guess it's not really—they're so, both so drunk, so it's almost kind of questionable if it's even consensual or not. But he, uh, he and Donald Pleasance are like you know, fighting and rolling around, and then they just have this moment where they're like looking and pause, and then it's like the next morning, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me? And, like, okay. they're both on the floor, and he gets up and, like, does his pants back up. So, like, they clearly did something. And I was, like, I was, like, losing my mind. I'm, like... Yeah. <laughs> um... Hey, I'm, like, hello! Hello! Hello, hello! hello. <laughs> so, I mean, like, quite literally, yes, this is. But how it's handled is the question, because, yeah. like... <laughs> What is that scene supposed to mean? Like, is it supposed to be, like, this is, like, the final, like, like, the last straw of, like, a mental breakdown and everything? It's just, oh, he he fucks a guy. Or is it more of, like, finally breaking down the barriers and, like, uh, like, inhibitions and, like, construction and everything now that he's out where just, like, there's no fucking rules? Because he's- there's clearly something going on with him. That girlfriend is not real. Like, I- I- I feel like we're supposed to believe that, right? That that girlfriend's not real. <laughs> Even, like, when he's talking about back and he's like, oh, I don't have any money to borrow from anyone out there. And it's like, weren't you supposed to go visit a girl out there? Like, he probably just has, like, some, like, stock photo in his wallet. Like, oh, yes, this is definitely my very real girlfriend in Sydney. And it's like, no, I'm sure, I'm sure she is, buddy. Yeah. Um, 
So you could interpret it that way. I just, I mean, I just think, I just think it's fascinating that back in '71, yeah. a scene like that happened. And I'm just, uh-huh. I'm, I'm imagining like 25 year old Martin Scorsese watching two men about to bone and being like, yes, because <laughs> that's basically what happened. <laughs> he was like, do it, do it, do it. all. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also him like. Oh, sorry. Go uh, on. There's he's act- also like. I forgot to mention that no, he no, like literally Just like finish, yeah. throws up after a girl tries to kiss him. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey. Uh, <laughs> what were you gonna say? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. God. Uh, what were oh, you no. gonna say? Um. There's actually a, like, there was a oh. TV series for Wake and Fright that was done just a couple years ago. Like recently. Um, I just found out about that the other day. Oh, yeah, like, like okay. 2017. They were like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." So I might have to give that. Uh, give it that a try. Too? See like how that is. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think they shot in Australia. Yeah. Um, oh no. I don't think it could work in anywhere else really, unless it was like. It would just low, have to be something like, like inspired by. The, you know, like it wouldn't the actually be that. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Do you want to chime uh, in on... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And apparently... We can do this. We're, what, so... ten episodes in? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, probably just keep doing it over and over <laughs> again. We both have so much to say. Um, and, like, this movie would have been, like, it was out of circulation for decades because the negative went missing, and there was, like, a huge international search for it, uh, and after 10 years, Australian producer Anthony Buckley found it in mid-2004 in a Pittsburgh warehouse inside oh, a shipping container marked for destruction. Yes! So he literally, he saved this movie and, like, got Thanks, it back, Anthony. so <laughs> thank Anthony Buckley, uh, <laughs> for that. Uh, and the banknotes that we saw, like, during the gambling scene were obviously fake, but apparently they looked so real that two extras were later arrested for trying to pass them off as genuine currency in Australia. That, I don't know what so game they were like, playing, but oh, it looked like a lot of fun. Oh, I, I think I got the premise, it was oh. just, like, basically bet if it's gonna land on heads or tails, and, like, whoever you bet with okay. is, like, you get to take their money or they take yours, I think. And they like the X's on the the X's on the back for the tails. I thought was yeah. really clever because it's just like that way you can easily see even if you're not close up. And then when they had him on like the guy's <laughs> face, like as yeah. like his eyes, I was like, yeah, let's do symbolism. Um. So yeah, I I really I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, it's such a such a wild movie, and the fact that like. They, they put, like, mm-hmm. I, they have a little mention at the end for the kangaroo hunt. Um, I was just like, because I was is, like, yeah. is, is this real? Because, like, I really couldn't tell until, I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to watch. It's a lot, but I feel it's like it's not lot. done in an exploitative way, like Cannibal uh, Holocaust, but... where it's just like, look at this! Yeah. Like, it was, it was done for a very important yeah. reason and uh, it looks like it worked like it, it really affected at least like the the hunting of kangaroos for the like pet food meat and stuff like that they toned that down like, oh don't <laughs> yeah yeah definitely 
Oh, it was a two. It was a. One, it was a one. The Wake and Fright uh, TV show. It oh. was a one, a two-part uh, series. <laughs> so it was like really short. Uh, doesn't have the greatest rating, but that's IMDb. We don't really trust the ratings for IMDb, so. Ooh, I mean, probably. <laughs> Someone's like a dim-witted remake, and I'm like, ouch. Well, I'm glad that this is. This, I'm glad this was found in a warehouse about to be destroyed, and I'm glad it's on Shutter now, so more people can see it. I think it was like on YouTube before, but I'm assuming this is yeah, a better quality. Definitely. Just also the like relatable mood is like he's just like. The guy, the sheriff, keeps buying him beer, and then just, like, he'll, like, look at it in his hand, and he just, like, downs it. There's <laughs> like, so much dude. beer drinking in this movie. I don't even like beer. I'm down. Like no, just his... <laughs> Gotta go get me some, uh, red apple. <laughs> me in Australia, do you have a hard, hard cider? Apple. Excuse Red, whatever it's called. I gotta get out, you yank! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excuse me, sirs. <laughs> He's just like grad. I think it's just like a gradual breakdown. He's just yeah. having there with yeah. it because like it's that almost it's almost a mob mentality maybe. Oh no, I definitely. Because like especially the hunting when you're with people that are starting to do shit. Yeah. Yeah. Peer pressure and mob mentality and <laughs> just like and then it just starts breaking him down from just being like this English school teacher that's just wherever like you sign up and they send you and they have this money and that's where you go so he ends up in Australia and then he's like breaking down into he's Australian uh crazy ass town <laughs> and then he's trying to get a lift and then the guy takes him back to the town he's like I thought I said just city and I was like no Sydney <laughs> poor dude <laughs> just can't escape But it was a very good movie. I I really enjoyed it. It actually has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, nice. Um, so, it's like, definitely watch it if you got Shudder. If you don't have Shudder, you should get Shudder. Oh, I I mentioned something in the wind down, but it has to do with Shudder, yeah, so. We can, we can wind there. down. But, yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, it's good. Great movie. Do recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably look up the kangaroo scene. Um, and just like how yeah, like bad it gets, I guess, if you're like adverse. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, so if we are, we should wind down now. Um, where I went to a, uh, Oddities and Curiosities Expo this past weekend that was in my city. And they had, when I was going up the escalators to go into the expo, they had these banners on the side of these railings to the escalator and it had shutter on it and it's like, I was like, yes, advertise Shutter. Please do so. It was so cool. I feel like Jackson Z would have mm. really liked it. It's kind of like uh, the necro the necromance place we went mm. to uh, in LA. It was like that, but like everybody was like every venue. It was so cool. Like people had giant skulls and like someone was carrying a whole ass goat <laughs> taxidermied into their car when I was getting ready to park, and I was like, yeah, okay. This must be the place. So that's here. <laughs> this is the place. We found it. Um, but it was really cool. I found some cool stuff there. Uh, didn't bring home any, like, skulls, because I'm trying to limit myself on On skulls? Buying, like, no, skulls. too many skulls already. <laughs> skulls, but they, they I do, I really do. Um, but they had, like, this pair of, like, I guess it was a smaller shark, but it was a shark jaws, um, 
kind of reminded me of my Jaws pin that I have that has the, the, uh, fuck. Oh, what's the name of the boat in Jaws? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I can't remember, but it's that boat. Thank you, <laughs> It starts with, like, an O or something. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of Jaws, but I just don't remember at this moment. Um, but it was really cool. Some people had, like, really interesting, like, almost, um, diorama boxes almost where they have like posed like moths and stuff and this lady was like her interest was in like <laughs> bugs and stuff and she had ones that could go on like a little necklace bugs. um and they just had little bugs <laughs> they were just sitting there and I was just like I guess <laughs> sure with these big frames some guy had a spider farm and he would preserve the webs off of them <laughs> and put them in frames and I was just like that's a lot to deal with right there. But it was really cool. I, I thought it was really awesome to see. Um, so that was that was a fun uh, Saturday that I spent there. So that's what I did. And I haven't... Uh, I'm still reading my In the Devil's Snare book. I haven't really read much of it lately. I gotta get back into that. It's been life busyness. <laughs> I had a four-day... I had yeah. a three-day weekend... And I didn't want to go back to work. I'm like, great, now I gotta do it for another week. And this is just how we go every day. This is life now. Um, I did watch Can You Ever Forgive Me hey. last night. Uh, so good. I'm very glad I looked up uh, on Dog. Does the dog die? Because I was like, shit, the cat's gonna die. I know the cat's gonna die. So I like skipped past that scene when it came you up. You texted me. I was like, oh no. Shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm the biggest mm -hmm. fucking baby. Like, I cannot handle seeing any kind of, like, cat scenes. Like, that, like, just, like, the death of a cat or something. So I, like, skipped past it when it happened. So I was just like... And then she took him in to the vet. And she just put her on the counter and just left. And, like, because she was so upset. And then she did it up to New Kitten. And I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know if I should tell you that or not. Because you were so upset about the cat. And I, I want to be like, she gets a new one. It's like, I want to save it. And it was good that you saved it because I was just so pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, she got a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was just like so happy about it. So um, I want to read that. I want to read her memoir because I heard it's really good. Oh, yeah. So it's, it is really um, short. That's how I read it because it's short. Yes. And she, inclu she includes a lot of the... She includes a lot of the, like, fake letters that she wrote and stuff in the memoir and talks about. She's like, <laughs> so this is what I was doing here. And it, she... She really was an incredible writer, really funny. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great companion yeah. to the movie. The movie focuses a lot more on her relationship with um with her friend with Richard yeah. Grant. Um, but that that works for the movie. I yes. really liked it. And apparently, like <laughs> two of the letters that she had written for like there was one like uh somebody had like an autobiography of like this I can't remember their name, but like two of her letters appeared in it, and it like. <laughs> Then the second printing, they're like, oh shit, those are not actually <laughs> letters. Oh my god. And Nora oh, Ephron uh, uh, sent a cease and desist letter to her for her to stop impersonating <laughs> her on the phone. Because apparently she's spot on, so I was like, wish that was me, I guess. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> oh my god. So what have you been okay. up to? What? I watched a lot. I'll, I'll do some quick mentions because there's one I want to yes. tear the fuck into. Uh, so I watched um, 
I watched Body and Body and Brighton Rock, which is on Hulu now, and it's really good. Um, Roxanne Benjamin, she did Ooh. like XX and a lot of like a lot of shorts, and I think this is one of her first, if not her first, features. Um, it's about this like this park ranger girl that gets like she's not supposed to be out there, she's supposed to be behind the desk, but she switches shifts and she ends up walking out too far and losing her map and everything, of course, and then finds a dead body. And then, like, she radios back, and they're like, you gotta stay with it until we can get out there tomorrow. And she's like, what? And, like, it's just, it kind of like waiting until Fright, you're, like, being out in the wilderness and losing your fucking mind, um, because she's starting to, you know, questioning everything. It's very good. I won't get too much into it. But definitely watch that. Support female yes. directors in horror. Uh, speaking of which, I watched Psycho Granny, Rebecca McKendry's new oh movie <laughs> that was made for Lifetime. Uh, amazing. Um, I watched Freaks for the first time. I, I just hadn't seen it. I was like, it's something I'd always meant to see, and I hadn't seen it. And I was like, Kate, it's 60 minutes. Just go watch it. And it was so good. Um, absolutely loved it. So what I want to tear the fuck into is I watched Dress to Kill, and I'm so angry. Like, we might need to do a whole episode on this and just keep doing De Palma movies and tearing them apart, because I am so mad about this movie's existence. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I knew... Have I have you seen it. it? I don't care if you spoil it, though. I'm about to ruin it That's for fine. you. Okay, yeah, we're spoilers for Dresses to Kill, y'all. Because I knew, I knew about some of the problematic aspects going in. I knew that there was like possibly a door in it. That's all I knew. Because mm-hmm. like, what's happening is this, um, this woman gets killed, and they're trying to investigate it. There's this like prostitute that they think did it. Um, but anyway, so Michael Caine is the, um, the psychiatrist of the woman that gets killed. Uh, and they think it's this trans woman that was his patient then like that keeps calling him and it's like you didn't give me my you didn't grant like my operation so I'm gonna go kill your patient or something like that so the big twist I I really thought this movie was gonna go another route which was because what happens is then the 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 prostitute is like ends up trying to investigate. She wants to find, like, the logbook, because they figure out that the last patient of his day might have been the killer, and so she goes over to his house to, like, fake seduce him and then go get the the appointment book. This is so long, I'm sorry. I just... Oh, I... <laughs> so, and then... And, and uh... <laughs> so then... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, basically... <laughs> I should not be doing this. I'm so bad at this. Um... You need to edit out all my ums, Al. Okay. So, <laughs> basically, Michael Caine is the killer. And at first, I was like, oh, shit. So, like, was he trying to frame a trans patient this whole time to the killings that he was doing? No, 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 no. He is the trans patient. Oh, he, my God. And they make it, like, so basically, this was, you know, De Palma loves Hitchcock. We all know this. This was De Palma, like, doing Psycho, basically. Oh. Like, the big, the big Psycho twist, but 20 years later, where there's actual, like, um, terminology, more t- more well-known terminology for trans people, but he's framing it, like, basically they say that, oh, they, they treat transness as, like, a multiple personality disorder, order almost. Like, he was, like, trying to, like, stifle the trans woman inside of herself, and the Michael Caine man became a killer because of it. And she's like, oh my god, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, like, I was so... I've never been more angry in my life. Me, but I'm just, like, holding my hand, just, like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't fucking believe this shit. I can't fucking believe <laughs> Like, I believe. broke L. You're like, that's the... I can't believe you've done this. I'm just like, wow, okay. Because that... Uh, that's not what transness is. Like, they're really trying to explain transness, though, like... And they use the... 
the born in the wrong body terminology, which was what was used back then and everything. I'm like, okay, but you do realize it's not like a multiple personality thing? Like, and it's not like Raising Cain where like, it's di- different personalities and one of them is a woman. Like this, they're trying to explain transness as some, like a dual personality. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad! I can't, so many people think this is like a masterpiece and I'm like, what's going on? I just, it's really hard to watch like older horror from a 2019 lens, especially something like this. Uh, like Sleepaway Camp? Because trans people are murdered because they're demonized in the media and things like this, and that's that on that. So I'm just. That's, just, that's my take on trust to kill. Fucking. Fucking hell. Sleepaway Camp all over again. Yep! Yeah! Yeah! Because yeah. that's another thing, like, that's. That's not what transness is. Your your aunt making you dress up like a girl, that's not what transness is. So, like, all of these things, or even Silence of the Lambs, like, whenever there's, like, a quote-unquote trans killer, it's like, I don't think you actually understand what a trans person is, but you're also using that term as your villain and demonizing, like, an entirety, an entire group of, of marginalized people. Yeah. Like, it's bad. It's very bad. Stop doing it. Stop doing it right now. God. Show me, show me a trans heroine in a movie instead, please. Yeah. It, like, with Silence of the Lambs, like, I don't think it was supposed to be intentionally, like, he was, like, supposed to be trans. Yeah. And at least, like, Jonathan no. Dem came out and was like, that wasn't what our intention was, but it unfortunately yeah. came across that way. So, like, at least he owned up to it. Um, yeah, he was like, oh, that's I, on me, me I'm slipping. sorry. <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> caught me slipping. Your note because fuck dress to kill. I finally finished a book that I like had read most of and then just mm-hmm. stopped reading because I got busy. But that book, yes. I'm thinking of ending things by Ian Reed. Like the ending is where all the juicy stuff happens. So I was like, I gotta finish this, like, because it's all just a very, very slow, mm-hmm. slow bur- build up and burn. And it's very good. That's all I'll say. The less you know about it, the better. Mm-hmm. But it's very good. Yeah, so, yeah. I read yeah, something once. Ah. Alright, well we'll see you folks next week. We got something special planned for our 25th episode yes. that's coming up later on in the month. We're going to be doing a big-ass Insidious episode. So if you're looking, hankering for it. a rewatch, now's the time. Do it! It's so good. Do I it! I can't wait to talk about it. And we want to do some, and we want to do some, I'm trying to do, think of something special to do for o- the month of October, but I don't Please. know what, so if y'all have suggestions, yes. hit us up. We we're just making we're it up doing. as we go along. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> we truly are. Yeah. So, so you guys can find me. I changed my ad on Twitter. I'm at Dyke Madden now. I'm still Gay Mafia, <laughs> so that's what everyone knows me as. So hit me up on there. And you can find Stop Horror Time. Now, well, where can people? Oh, find you can find time? us at uh, Horror Time Pod on Twitter and uh, Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. And I'm also on uh, Twitter at LM Designs. And if you guys want to, you can also just send us an email at stophorrortime at gmail uh, just reach us there if you have any questions, if you have any comments. Make sure to like subscribe, rate, and review on any of those uh, apps that you guys use that allows you to do so. It'd be awesome. It's more for the algorithms and whatnot than us because I, I don't really give a shit. But you know, iTunes is an asshole. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you guys can find us. So we'll yeah. hope to talk to you guys soon, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.